Hello, welcome to It's Not My Fault, the Yoshi Podcast is not popular. Episode 160. Name is Justin. And mine's Helen. And got a busy upcoming week, don't we? It's going to be pretty, uh, pretty hectic, isn't it? Yeah, we've both got anime in New York City at the end of this week, when this podcast goes up probably, and so my brain is just like a currently a very specifically ordered list of I need to do X before I can do Y, before I can do Z, and so that is occupying like all of my brain space right now. <laughs> I just want to sneak one or two more reviews before the week is over, but you know, work. I, I mean, I've got, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I got a review in progress work. for you too, that will probably be ready tonight. So. Oh no, oh, more, more stuff I gotta look at. Um... But yeah, it's going to be a busy week for both of us. So we're going to try to get right into it. And that mostly means uh, what we've been up to the past couple of weeks, which is... Ah! I actually actually have to, like, force myself a little bit. Be like, yeah, nothing much is happening today. And for surprising enough, my fall anime season is not too busy. Like, I don't have that much, like, too many shows that I'm watching. But I did add one fall, uh, one new fall show. Play it cool, guys. Um... This is the anime that originally had already aired, but literally no one was streaming it. And funny enough, I was reading um, a blog post that said it wasn't even streaming in Japan at the time. <laughs> so it was just like, wait, how is this going to be shown? Where is it going to be shown? And then I think either two or three episodes, probably three episodes later, uh, Crunchyroll announced they had it. I was crying because I literally just said that that was it. No one was going to bring it up or license it. And then they just go make me have egg on my face. So that wasn't very good. Um but yeah, they added it, and then I finally got into watching it. It's a fun show! 12, 13-minute show. So it's fairly short. We got all these four boys who uh, attempt to be cool or seem like they're cool, but they're actually kind of clum- uh, clumsy in certain ways. They have different aspects of clum- uh, clumsiness. Uh, like, there's this uh, redhead character who shows up. There's one episode where he ends up going to school. He ends up having Mitch Max socks. But he just plays it off, say, "Oh, you know what? Yeah, I, I can deal with that." Uh, and then some of the 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 the, the characters around them end up just going along with it or playing along with it because they still these four uh, guys end up still doing some cool or, or neat things. So they they just let it slide. Um, so it's entertaining. It's been pretty fun so far. Uh, they had to obviously introduce the four boys first and what they do, what their particular habits are. Um, and now they're going to be slowly starting to, I guess, integrate all four together. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. So that's probably the last maybe show. I don't know if I'll pick up another fall show. I'm not sure yet. Um, I was talking about one reason why I might just pick up another show because of one show that's going to be on hiatus for a bit. But, uh, well, yeah, I think I'm pretty much set for the season. So that means I'm just going to be trying to kill my Conan backlog. <laughs> I have many Detective Conan and yeah movies and film yeah and some specials uh but mostly movies that uh, discotech uh has released over the past i want to say year and a half but i haven't watched all of them yet but i finally started on uh two of them first was the oh well one was not a discotech title uh, this one is lupin the third versus detective conan i've actually watched this already years ago <laughs> but now obviously it's in blu-ray Great quality and dubbed. Pretty sure when I watched it when I downloaded fan subs ages ago. I was not dubbed. I'm not even sure the subs are that good anyways. But um, yeah, I finally got into watching this. Uh, I think when I first watched it, it was okay. But you can obviously see they were trying to cater to the fact that they don't want to make Lupin or Conan or most of the characters, aside from the characters who deserve to look bad, <laughs> look bad. But um, 
fun. It was okay. Uh, I don't remember if it was this one or the next one, the movie that, that I was like, okay, this was not working. But going back to it now and seeing how it's dubbed, it was pretty fun. Um, and then the last uh, Conan uh, show I ended up watching was finally the Netflix show, Zero's Tea Time. Uh, this actually aired a while ago. Um, I can't remember when, but I know this aired early this year. And it finally got put up on Netflix, I think, during the summer. Uh, I could be wrong on that part, but I know they didn't put it up exactly on time. Um, but yeah, it's basically uh, a spinoff showing how Toro Romano, who has many different roles in Detective Conan series, uh, his his typical day, uh, it's, it's, it's usually typical days when he's not actually, when he's like, when you're not focused on Conan and the crew and what they're up to in terms of detective solving. You have Amuro just doing stuff like making tea and or coffee or, you know, being part of the black organization. Or, oh, wait, he's also one of the secret police. How does he handle all these many roles? And it's even like one episode where he was... At one episode, he had chatted one person about uh, sleeping because you got to get your sleep. But then they show another episode where he, he basically says, wow, I told this guy off about sleeping and look at me. I'm just sleeping like 90, 90, minute, 90 minutes, something like that. Um, so it's just a most kind of chillish look into his life when things are not like crazy or important to the plot. So it was nice. Uh, obviously more fan servicey for like detective Conan, uh, fans. Cause it doesn't really like enhance the, um, like drive the storylines or anything like that. Just, Hey, this is a cool character. Here's what he does. Pretty simple. Um, so not sure which Conan film I'm going to watch next, but it'll probably be a, probably be a, a, a while before I do watch it. It's going to be a busy week. So we'll see. Yeah, I haven't really watched or read anything I haven't talked about before. Uh, I've had a busy past couple of weeks. Like, my November in general is just a very strange month. Also, I think that my work blocked Crunchyroll, so I can no longer watch any of the Crunchyroll shows during my lunch, which is going to do uh, hellish things to my backlog and currently airing shows. Uh, I'm very annoyed at them right now. Like, come on, guys, I'm only doing it during lunch, you know? Not other times. Just let me watch my stuff in peace. None of it's even that bad. So, moving on to pandemic news then, we've got a couple of more people who've been catching COVID that we know of. Uh, voice actor Nobunaga Shimazaki has caught it, and also the vocalist from Bump of Chicken, who is... Load faster, load faster, load faster. Um, vocalist um, Moto Fujiwara. So, everyone will probably be okay. But, you know, at this point, it's, I don't know, whenever I've got a friend who's come down with COVID, it's always like, is this going to be the end for them? Because it does kill some people, and you can have it as, like, what appears to be so far a multi-year, if not lifetime, debilitating disability afterwards. But, um, hopefully they do fine. Everybody, it's, it's, keep wearing it's, your masks, just... keep getting your vaccines, keep social distancing like your life depends on it, because it does. I know I say this as Justin and I are about to go to a convention, but <laughs> I've got all my shots. I'm wearing a face mask, um, and I just have a policy of not trusting anyone. Oh, you're going to love trusting New Yorkers. You're just going to love it. I mean, I, I do work in D.C., so I do take the Metro, which definitely gets crowded some days. I mean, <laughs> I would say the Metro is not quite as crowded as it was pre-COVID, but whenever I think about that, I always think about the times where it's like, okay... The red line's on fire again, so trains are running every 20 minutes in rush hour, and you're touching, like, seven different people at once as you're standing there, which is, um, 
just not a normal representation of the metric, to be honest. <laughs> All right, that's a bit uh, for pandemic news. Um, pretty sure there was definitely still cases, not just in Japan but elsewhere. So still stay as vigilant as possible. Uh, we got over to what's the regular news, and I think some big news in book publishing occurred uh, this past. I think it was this week. Um, so a couple years ago. Uh, Penguin Random House ended up buying, uh, wanted to buy Simon Schuster because Viacom CBS. Uh, and previously, Penguin and Random House used to be two different companies that merged within like the past ten that, years. That, that's that's way. I think I was. We don't need to go go that far back. <laughs> well, we need to talk about how big back. a problem this has been in the U.S. This um, too far back. <laughs> Anyways, because um, Viacom CBS went to sell because they did not want to deal with Simon Schuster anymore, but um. The U.S. government sued a year ago to stop the merger, and there was argument because, hey, wait a minute, this, this could definitely hugely impact the book industry way too long, way too much. There's no way we can allow this. So they looked it over, um, and then this past uh, week, a judge has finally um, blocked the merger. So at this moment, who knows what's actually going to happen to Simon Schuster? I they actually could still be bought by Paramount House, but what may happen instead is whoever, I think maybe not Paramount, is going to try to find another seller if they can. I'm very curious what's going to happen to Simon Schuster now. I just can't believe that the Justice Department actually intervened in a potential monopoly case. <laughs> okay, but then what's what's the next step there? I don't know, but I'm actually glad that the Justice Department seems to actually <laughs> be doing justice for once. <laughs> okay, but I'm going to look at it this way. If they still end up buying this anyways, what was what was the point of this? <laughs> no, like they legally cannot buy them now. No, no, no. Um, uh, Chris and I are Penguin about Random House options. legally cannot buy Simon and Schuster. <laughs> That's what a judge blocking it means, Justin. <laughs> I can't tell if Justin's thinking really hard or if I lost the connection. No, because um. There was a Crystalline was wondering. It's probably unlikely, but they, it's actually still not impossible for them to still try to get it. I mean, sure, they could appeal and see if an even yeah, higher they, court they, would yeah. do it. But they're already at the federal level. I'm not sure this is the kind of thing that could go to the Supreme Court. But that is basically the only level up of it. Like, they would have to change either the deal for how they'd want to do it a lot, which may still get struck down by a judge. But legally, like, this would prevent them from doing it. <laughs> okay, yeah, you was talking about it could be overturned. Yeah, that's the only other thing. Yeah, but like um, I said, that would be yeah. hard because there's only one level above them, and that is the Supreme Court, and I don't think they take too many Monopoly cases on. <laughs> yeah, so we'll just have to see what's going to happen. Um, Please listen to me, the wonk, who who, who um, knows too much about this stuff for a mere civilian. <laughs> right. But uh, I guess we'll just see what's going to happen... Again, it's all a case of now what's going to happen to Simon Schuster because they were Paramount was looking to sell it, so will they be able to find any other uh, buyer for it? So we'll find out. I guess that's all we can see for now. I, I guess at this point it doesn't really affect um, any manga companies, but um, I know there are some distributors um, that are part of McMillian, so or were part of McMillian, so definitely note, had to note this use for sure. And then uh, over in Japan, we have Motohagyo, who's inducted into the Order of the Rising Sun, 
which was, uh, well, which is Japan's second highest state decoration. And so she's, um, there's eight levels within it, and she was awarded the fourth level, which is awards of Japanese citizens for civil and military merit. Also to foreigners, but um, she is not a foreigner. So a uh, pretty big award for a creative person. That's pretty cool. And then back over here in the U.S., we have the local manga company localization, or <laughs> sorry, the localization company called Local Manga, because that's great marketing, uh, has stepped down. And the owner states that all debts will be satisfied in full before um, December 31st, where the company is going to change ownership and rebranding. And oh my god, there were so many freelancers on Twitter who were just blasting them, being like, oh yeah, these efforts, they owe me an invoice from February, you know? <laughs> yeah, what a weird company. Um, I, had, hadn't I know they made before, a big announcement. But it's also kind of hard when the name is literally local manga. Like, that well, is terrible for your SEO. Well... Well, that, and again, their, I believe their original intention was to obviously just localize comp- um, manga from other companies like Kodansha or uh, Futsuki or stuff like that. Then I know at one point they decided to do their own and publish their own uh, manga, um, license, license and then publish their own manga, but I don't think it really took off like it was supposed to. And obviously you get the uh, noted freelancers just totally blasting them because they were late on payments and stuff. So yeah, I know it was a back and forth with the actual owner <laughs> that happened during that. So um, messy stuff. It really, um, yeah, uh, just tough to see. Uh, but you hope that, that these debts will actually be settled and uh, the owner will actually, I guess, move on to what he wants to do. So, all right. Uh, we got some unfortunate news to start reporting now, starting now, uh, beginning with uh, Golden Comedy Season 4, which is a, sh- a show I've been watching. And um, the, the day I planned on catching up was when I ended up learning the news that um, the series has been postponed indefinitely because uh, there was a passing of an indispensable uh, staff member. Um, still ended up catching up anyways, but now I have no other show to watch but yeah that was tough to hear i'm very curious about who or what that staff member was uh my initial thought was maybe this was someone who was able to get across the unique uh Ainu culture that the series basically has a very start and there are obviously things you want to make sure you get across culturally when you're trying to adapt this into anime so that was one other thought but then um another thought that was mi- mentioned in the foreign source and an article was possibly the chief director or director of certain episodes of upcoming of the upcoming episodes and because of how sudden the news was they couldn't actually get anyone in time so and and in general it was probably too sudden of news but um yeah they weren't really sure they could continue at this current level without without this staff member so um i don't know i i we don't know if we'll ever know. I think we'll have to know. It's. I think it will come out at some point. But I, we got to go with the family knowing first, and then we'll see from there. Yeah, I imagine that fans will be able to suss it out, even if it's never quite made public, since this is unusual for the death of a single person to postpone shows for, you know, not even like a few weeks, but indefinitely. I hadn't gotten to season four yet, just since I decided I want to, you know, read the manga to catch up, and that's been taking me taking me a little while 
Also, wow, the, the manga is <laughs> way way bloodier than I expected. Like, I always forget just how gory that, that Golden Kamui gets a, is a reason, There is a reason why Shonen Jump has it on the web. <laughs> the series is like 33% plot, 33% gore, and 33% dick jokes. Yes. Which is perfectly that, fine. That is what I've accepted going much, in, but I just totally it, forgot about it. It, it, it. It's so continuous in season four. It's even, it feels like it, it feels like it's escalating every season. And it's just going to a no level in season four somehow, mm-hmm. some way. Um, but yeah, so I guess I have extra time now to catch up, but yeah, wish but I didn't at this point, you know, for that reason. Yeah, and then I have to figure out uh, when the series comes back, like how, I guess, what they how, handle it, what's what's going to happen. It, is a, it really is a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my thoughts and condolences are to this person's friends and family, because this is obviously a tr- very sudden and tragic loss. So mm-hmm. um, hope they are going to take as much time as they need before they can reco- to recover. Uh, voice actress um, Tomori Kusunoki is um, stepping down from her roles as um, Setsuna Yuka, Yuki, and also Nana Na- Nakagawa in the Love Live Nijigasaki High School Idol Club franchise. Uh, I know she's continuing with some other voice acting roles, but not these two. She was recently diagnosed with Ehlers-Danos Syndrome, EDS, which um, it's a progressive condition. It's not something you can ever recover from. It has to do with... Um, in short, the cartilage doesn't quite form properly between your joints. So if you think about everything in your body that's a joint, think about potentially any of that going wrong, and then some. So it's um, something where I hope her case isn't too severe and that she's able to get some treatment for her symptoms, since I've seen some people with that over the years, and it's not a pleasant condition to have. Definitely understanding why she's taking a break from some professional activities, because that takes time and energy. <laughs> Right, and then, in order in article, she's going to step down, um, I think, in March. So that's when she'll be officially, like, done, done. But, yeah, that's um, that's unfortunate news to hear. You hope she does recover as well. Well, like I said, it's not a condition you ever recover from. Unless okay, we make, right, right, right. Unless we make some right. really fantastic breakthroughs of CRISPR, but that's right. early right. days. And the, But on the flip side, uh, Marka Kono is going to limit but continue her work activities with um, talent agency Aoni Productions. Uh, she's been in poor health since mid-October. She has an adjustment disorder, but it sounds like she's going to continue working in some capacity, which is good, you know, just take it, take it as you can, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, hope for the best for her as well. Um, Kageki Shoujo is gonna be on a one issue break uh, basically just due to too much personal loss over a short span for uh, Kumiko Saiki, uh, Saki. Um, she mentioned, in, I think on Twitter, that she had lost her cat over the summer, and then she recently lost her dad. Um, so yeah, that's that's a lot of time. That's that, that's a lot of personal time right there that she needs to, that she spent with them. So she's got to recover from that. That's, that's unfortunate news to hear. So she definitely needs to take as much time as she needs to uh, away from that, from from working. Um, the vampire dies in no time. Uh, we're going on one month hiatus due to Itaro Bonoki's health. Uh, wasn't took it was mentioning it in the article, but yeah, it's gonna be off for a bit. Um, and I think you mentioned this in a previous episode, or maybe an episode ago, Helen, uh, about the manga adaption of. Tanishin Sunoke is the most heretical Last Boss Queen. Um, the manga was getting canceled because the author, uh, Matsu, uh, Bunko Matsuro, 
also had continued poor health, and it was to to the point where Ichijinsha had to uh, end up ending that series. They are planning on trying to bring the series back at some point, so it'll probably be like something like happened with Seri Gensoki a while back, where the original manga artist for that also ended up having health issues and had to end the manga for that, but then they start up a new one uh, sometime later, so it'll probably this will probably go the same route. And then they finally wrapped all the health news that happened. The uh, Black Hole creator, uh, Yuki Tabata, also will be on a sudden two-week break uh, due to uh, health issues. Obviously, Tabata's had notable health issues over the past, I would say, couple years now. Um, but this one seemed like it was a little bit unexpected. So um, really hope all these all the creators can do take just their time to recover and then come back stronger. Um, in the coming weeks, months. So, moving on to the licenses, we've got a decent chunk of them, and I'm sure that next time we're going to have quite a few after Anime NYC. Uh, I tweeted on Twitter, you know, is, it, is anyone else getting the Jane Awful Club um, newsletters kind of late? You know, I got their, you know, Halloween no tricks, only treats ones, and Jane Awful Club decided to respond to my tweet. He's saying, we're very busy for Anime NYC. Wow, you're, really, you're, you're, you're really still about... Still it's really like, guys, I didn't tag that. you! Twitter convention says that <laughs> if I don't this, tag you, you're not this, supposed this, to see it, okay? This, this don't make me start week. censoring my tweets now so you don't see this, it. This, this happened like during the week. This is old news, Helen. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm still a little like, Senpai, why'd you notice me? Senpai, you weren't supposed to notice this. Go away, Senpai. <laughs> but anyway, Seven Seas has announced that they've licensed Hideo Yamamoto's Homunculus, which will be put out in an omnibus format, Hidenori Yajimi's Sora and the House of Monsters, Yasuko Yamura's Night Captain is the new princess to be, new. Surusaki and Shin Ikizawa's life of an ordinary guy who reincarnated who reincarnated into a total fantasy knockout, which I know had an anime this past year, and Kosuki Ijima and Shiori's Cat on the Hero's Lap, which has a very funny concept. It has to do, do with the whole joke, you know, oh, once a cat sits on your lap, you can never get up until the cat get, wants to get up, which is, you know, kind of hard when you're fighting the demon lord. And then Kodansha it's either really slowing down their new digital licensing output, or they are just that behind in actually announcing them. Could be both. Justin has been ranting in my mentions for days about how their own online calendar saying when things are going to release has hey, been broken hey, since hey, October. Hey, 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 get, get, get this accurate. I've complained about this to everybody. In okay, the not line, just in mine. Okay, I'm only in my own mentions, Justin. I don't know what you're doing in other people's mentions. But we do know for sure that they have brought over Umibachi, Yamanaka's, Matcha Made in Heaven, which came out on the 8th, and they will be bringing over Susumu Mae's The Food Diary of Miss Maid, which will be the 29th. And like Look, I said, Helen. this is digital only for the moment, although who knows, that will change. Although I realize we've had a couple of titles now which are digital only, have gotten animes, and haven't gotten a print release, so maybe Kodanta's changing up their strategy. No, it's, just, it's, gotta be, it's gotta be Isekai, though. Yeah, maybe that's it, since my master has no <laughs> tail, and, um, shoot. The, the, the one where the Red Ranger's dating the um, the villain. The, uh, neither of those have gotten love, love at the World Domination. Yes, that one. Yeah, neither well, of those have well, gotten released. Both well, of them well, deserve it, damn it. <laughs> well, well, the manga, unfortunately, for Love at the World Domination ended, sadly. <laughs> but Love at the um, World Domination even got, like, an American award for it, and they're still not putting it out in print. Yeah, for digital. <laughs> but still. Um... 
uh, what else is Kenanja? There was also another of uh, the fans. Oh, not Phantom of the Other. They, they do have a print release for that. Um, no, just I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, yeah, I just don't know what to tell you. I like just Kenanja just so weird. It, it's been weird with these digital releases for the past. I think what a couple months. To be clear, now, we're not sure if it's weird or shorthanded. No, no, it's definitely weird. Because okay. um, it's it's not just the fact that they're putting out lesser like like they're lessing their digital output of new stuff. They're not really maintaining their own website, Helen. What See, company this why, does this? This is why. I, why? This is why I think it might be a staff thing, since I do know that um, I believe Evan Minto of um, Azuki did some of the coding on their website. So I don't know if they maintain okay, the website in house. They should have somebody that should be able to maintain it. Oh yeah, I agree what for sure. This? Like, like I was telling Justin before um, the show started that I took work off on election day this past week. You know, so I could do election day stuff and so i'm teleworking on wednesday and i come back in to discover that our tech support has pushed out an update to the email which completely broke out look like to the point where they tech support was not even answering phone calls like one of my coworkers had to email me on my personal email and someone else had to send me a message on zoom being like hi helen so this is broken today you know you're taking contact us if you need something so yeah i can totally believe um tech support being uh incompetent <laughs> And it's not even just that. Like, there's just some basic stuff that I was, like, used to over the past, I don't know, a couple years now for Gancha. Oh, free previews are going to be up for every single manga for the first volume for the most part. Didn't have a first, uh, a, a free chapter one preview for um, Last Gender. Um, I had to go to Bookwalker for that one. Um, made it really hard to find some of their other stuff because they don't, I don't know, excuse me, <clears throat> they don't have a proper release schedule. So finding stuff like... Um, the Go Go Loser Ranger first chapter, or um, some of these first chapters were just really difficult. Like Raising Demon Kings, I basically had to put that the date of its release, which is usually not what happens. So, just in general, it's been weird. And I don't want to switch to what they're actually going to try to do with the digital um, side. I assume they won't be out, like ending or anything like that, but it's just been very weirdly handled for a company of this magnitude. Just very weird. Um, so right, I could probably run on Kanatra all day, but we gotta move on to other stuff. So Udon uh, Entertainment uh, announced they licensed two new Persona titles. This is IAQ's Persona 4 Arena, the manga, and Roku Saito's Persona 4 Ultra, uh, Arena Ultimax, the manga. Um, Putsuki licenses a whole bunch of more beyond manga. It feels like it's been a while since we actually talked about them. Um, but that's 16 new titles, way too many of them. You may have heard of Kotetsu Yamamoto. You may have heard of Mori Kuroi. There you go. Uh, you'll see the full list on the site. Just, just too many. Just too many titles. And to finally wrap things up for the licenses, Glacier Bay Books announced they licensed the following Shinosuke Saika's One Strange Day, Otan Sea Sight Beta, Tokushige's, uh, Tokushige Kawakatsu's The Cursed Body, and I Mukobi's To the Sea. I uh, really need to check out a couple more Glacier Bay book titles. Got to do that one day. See, they put out some interesting stuff. Yeah, some of those are on Azuki, right? Yeah, some should be on Azuki. I don't know if these are particularly on Azuki or if they will. Probably not just yet. But I say that uh, as if I ever have time to actually read stuff on Azuki. <laughs> that's not like a review copy. <laughs> I don't know about you, Justin, but um, re- reviews dominate most of my reading these days. And Murderbot. Yeah. But I blitzed through those series. Yeah. Really, that series really fast. Murderbot. Murderbot. <laughs> All right. In streaming news, so Justin assures me that we've already covered about 
uh, to Tommy Time Machine Blues. Um, not being on Disney Plus after all. But there is an anime stream on Disney Plus after all. Zen, Grogu, and Dust Bunny Star Wars animated short by Ghibli. I'm confused by this one, Justin. I don't know about you, but I'm confused. Well, I'm not confused. Star Wars Visions is published on Disney Plus. No, Disney, but why is it Ghibli? Yeah, Star Wars. Um, Ghibli does whatever they want to do. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, I mean, it's not like Disney and Ghibli have not had a relationship before, but um, it definitely has been a while, I think, um, since they actually had anything. But yeah, Disney Money Talks, I guess. There you go. And I guess it's a short again. I guess I also probably because Disney has the rights to Star Wars. That's pretty much probably the only reason why. And I guess they say, "Hey, Ghibli, can you do this really short uh, future for one of our main characters or one of our characters from Star Wars?" And they say, "Cool, give us the Disney money." So that's how it goes, Helen. Maybe. <laughs> um, more films are going to be streaming on Crunchyroll this month. So November seventeenth, we're going to have King of Thorn. We're going to have Origin Spirits of the Past and Psychopath the movie. November 24th, it's going to be the Sword Art, uh, Sword Art Online, the movie, Progressive, Aria of a Starless Night, and Laidback Camp, the movie. So, a lot faster than I thought. I think we, I, I was speculating, like, maybe it would come in December or something like that, but nope, just a week after uh, Anime New York City. So, yay. Gonna watch some camping girls. I think they're gonna be adults in this one? Like, a, I, I think that's what the storyline for this one is. Yeah, camping. Let's go. Looking forward to it. And I think this okay, last one's I, in your in your wheelhouse. Uh, yeah, I guess. I, okay, I'll take this last one. The final bit of streaming news: the English dub of Dragon Quest: The Adventurer Die Lives is actually happening and it is already out, but not how you would like it out. <laughs> um, so um, it's currently up on like Microsoft off, uh, the Microsoft Store, so you can buy the dub. Uh, I'm not sure if it's every episode, but you can buy it some so, some episodes now on Microsoft, the Microsoft Store. I don't know if it's up on uh, Voodoo or Hoopla just yet, um, but Toy, I guess, will announce when that's happening. And I'm hoping they're going to make it to other digital platforms. Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll. Just, 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 I don't know. Just, I don't know. Make it easier. Shouldn't this be on a streaming service? So confusing. I, I don't get it. But at some point, I will be watching the English dub of this show and just, just to relive the whole, Dies Adventure all over again, but in an English language. Well, dubbed. English language. So that'd be nice. All right, folks, we have a main topic for this episode, and it is uh, not that Twitter is going down to a hellhole, although that is um, in the back of our minds. No, our main topic is that Kadokawa is, has bought Anime News Network, which was a thing I don't think any of us even knew was on the table, or like an option. Uh, this is continuing a trend that we've definitely seen over the past few years of companies getting bought up and absorbed into larger and larger conglomerates. Like, as we were mentioning earlier, the U.S. has definitely had this going on with the major publishing houses. But in the anime world, we have a list, which I swear is not extensive. It's definitely not extensive. <laughs> definitely not I extensive, just, but it involves yeah. Sony buying Crunchyroll and then Crunchyroll buying right stuff. And this is after Sony sort of merged with Funimation. We've got Kadokawa acquiring J-Novel Club. Sentai has been acquired by AMC Networks. Which I believe is separate from the theaters, but I can never keep them straight. It is separate. Yeah. Syndagram has acquired digital media rights, which owns Retro Crush, Asian Crush, and Midnight Pulp. Plyon Pictures has acquired um, Anime Limited, which is a UK company. Seven Seas switched from Maximilian to Penguin Ra Random House. Oh, that's more distributor than owners, but a close partnership. And then there's um, 
Embracer, which um, is involved with Dark Horse and Square Enix. Warner Brothers has been doing, like, untold amounts of damage to the American animation industry. <laughs> Fandom has acquired a bunch of sites. Um, it, it's, Discovery it's was also involved in the whole Warner Brothers thing and just... It's been too much goddamn news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I said, this is very much, especially the last one. It's literally like a, I'm not even sure if it's, I can even call it the cliff notes. Because I, I, I obviously intentionally left some stuff off. Because that, that involves other industries technically, like video games. And I'm like, okay, we do do some video game stuff, but we don't really cover video games that extensively. But, uh, but the point is, uh, entertainment media has been, I guess, or entertainment industry has been like, yeah, we can't survive as it is. I think that's pretty much the point. And then, um, as you go back to Katakawa buying A&N, I think I've thought about this. I thought about this for a couple of days. I obviously thought about the first day this happened, and then I thought about it for the next couple of days. I think I see why A&N did it. Um, I mean, obviously, obviously it's for fund- funding. It's for funding. And I think also, um, I, 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 I mean, this is probably, this is obviously speculation. But I think back to when they had that, um, uh, well, that Damian Mills case where... They probably vetted as much as they could, but they still don't have, like, the notable responsibility, um, not resources, I would say, like, uh, other places like a Kotaku or a uh, Bloomberg, et cetera, et cetera. Now, whether Kadokawa will help in that regard, I don't know, but they will be getting, obviously, a lot more funding. And well, we don't know we'll how much be, more funding. We're, we're speculating on that. But. I, we're speculating. I had to assume, well, okay, we can speculate on that, but I would imagine... You're not making this move just to sit still. You're making this move to also be able to do more things. I mean, that so, is always the assumption, but I'm also reminded that Christopher McDonald, former publisher, now, I think, CEO of A&N, like, I, th- I think they just changed his job title. Uh, I do remember him being personally involved in promoting uh, one of the things with crypto. Like, yeah, fortunately, he, he was not as associating as, as, it directly with as, A&N, as, but it did result as, in quite a few A&N people being like, hey, Chris, what the fuck? And especially once Palmer Lucky was also announced, like, wait, I don't work with you. What the heck? Nobody told me this. That's what you get for not getting all your information in order. And don't worry, folks, we will talk about the other Palmer Lucky thing later in the episode. Wow, you're just already spoiling the other part of that already. I I am preempting our listeners. (laughs) But uh, but look, that that Chris thing, it's not, I don't think it's relevant in this case. Well, it's Um, on my mind, so I'm bringing it up because this is our podcast. Um... I think yeah, for for various reasons, I see why Anna made this move. I, I I just still cannot find myself wrapping my head why why Katakawa would do this stuff. I'm trying to wonder where Katakawa is getting all their money since they are also Katakawa. We're gonna try to make forty anime a year, and it's like yeah, Katakawa is a big company in Japan. Though I mean, sure they're, they're a big, big company, but it's like this is a lot of money. Like, they, they were have... you guys involved in some Olympic bribery scandals as well and got money from there or something? <laughs> Well, we do know some people that did get involved in Katakawa, so yeah, that, I mean... that, that, is, that is true. Um, well, I mean, Katakawa does have some big properties. Uh, I can't remember all of them on top of my head, but they got Sword Art Online. Um, uh, they got, they have a couple others that are notable. Well, uh, ReZero, they have a couple, they have a, they have a, some, they have some stuff, I guess. I, I have totally um, blanked on everything they have. Yeah, like, but they I'm, have, sure, yeah, I'm sure after this podcast I'll remember, but... Yeah, and then no, from light novels, manga, and yeah, anime, they they definitely they're definitely big players. It, it's just the fact that what do they hope to gain from um, working with A and N? I guess no more press releases to send to other media companies. I don't know. Um, I guess for sure, no matter what, th- this is not to obviously discredit what anybody at A and N is saying. 
but it doesn't matter what they they can say publicly uh if there is anything going down internally in Karakawa, they probably would not be the first ones to report it it'll be from somebody else uh there's just that inherent level of bias that would just exist naturally there will obviously be things where they can criticize Karakawa because obviously there are different levels of criticism hey this is animated Karakawa's worked on it sucks big difference between oh there's something internally going wrong with Karakawa that involves some sort of cheating or whatever if a and I can actually report that I'll be very amazed if they could do that mm-hmm. um, but yeah that's the thing you always risk when you have a company of this nature buying your buying your media your media company and then also to also point out these things if there's any changes there'll be some noticeable effects that happen immediately but anything that's significant like if somebody leaves or something like that there are staff major staff changes like any new articles that are certainly written that you haven't written before they usually happen like years from now so that'd be more long term um so the, the immediate effects will be as you know immediate but we'll find out the long-term effects as the years goes on yeah, there's, we'll have to see. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. There's a whole bunch of like in, of individual ANN writers who are saying on Twitter, "Oh, this isn't going to change how I write." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, sure, I can believe that this is what you truly believe in this moment, and it is true in this moment. But it doesn't mean that it's going to be the case like that even six months from now. And also, like, to be kind of rude about it, you were simply a contracted, you know, freelance writer. You're not actually going to have any say on what's going on in there. So, like, your reassurance is not a reassurance really it's just a statement that you know perhaps five percent more than i do at this moment in time (laughs) so i just get really antsy when it's like you know independent news organizations bought up by for-profit companies and i am someone whose local newspaper is the washington post which was definitely bought up by um jeff bezos so (laughs) there are so many articles where you read it and they have to have a little like such as such parentheses Washington Post is owned by Jeff Bezos, owner of Amazon, yada, yada, yada. Okay, continue the article. Yeah. And, and also, um, and, so, and it has to be like, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. And if some people think, oh, but Helen, you should be used to this now. It's like, the Washington Post is also one of the most influential and well-known newspapers on the planet. They do actually have some clout to fight back against Jeff Bezos if they really have to. ANN may be, you know, the most prominent anime news reporter, reporting group, you know, in the world but they do not have the exact same amount of cloud as i would expect and also since we've heard from years that japanese media companies are uh sticks in the mud i'm trying so hard not to swear in this episode i'm so sticks in the mud and the even the general idea of the reviews that you would read on ann or even on our site i believe that concept doesn't even really exist in japanese fandom i think that's how not tightly um, controlled everything is, but I think that's just the general culture there, which of course makes me concerned for this. Um, I'm more concerned about any changes that would come to their reporting versus, you know, will we continue to have silly reviews? But it makes me distrustful and unhappy and there's nothing I can do about it. Grumble, grumble, grumble. (laughs) Uh, I just want to also add, because you brought up the... uh... (laughs) When you bought the Jess Bezos, Amazon, and then they would have a note for Washington Post, they would have a note about this is such and such owned by such and such. I think I remember, um, and it also was, um, I think Bandai, uh, Bandai Namco also has a, had a stake, a minority stake in uh, Anime News Network. So, like any articles featuring any Namco stuff, they will also have that same note. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, gonna, it's going to be interesting to see any, any Katakawa stuff, which ones are going to get that notice and which art. <laughs> 
uh, it's gonna be interesting to see uh, moving forward. I'm not. It may be starting now. I haven't noticed. I haven't looked into it yet. But it may be starting now. I guess it's gonna depend on what level of uh, Katakawa article it, uh, use it is. Um, yeah, I think I did hear Lindsay Loveridge talking on the ANN after show about how one thing that she really wants is for them to actually have the money to update how the site works behind the scenes since. When we publish on the OASG, we use WordPress. We swear at WordPress a lot, but that is what we use. They don't even have that. They have something even more basic where you still have to remember how to hand code in, like, HTML. Like, Justin, do you remember, like, off the top of your head, the code for, like, inserting an image, you know, HTML yes. style to forums? Yes. Yeah, that's Excellent. what they're still yeah, having to yeah, do. Yeah. Like, I definitely yeah. remember this as well because that was just the era I grew up in. But I can't believe that a major site is still having to do that right, at right, this point in time. Right. Dirty secret, Helen, dirty secret. You know when we do the, the uh, manga formatting or the general formatting we do for like title, genre, et cetera, et cetera, HTML? I mean, I uh, know that there's an option, but um, WordPress also has the rich text option, which is what I use. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I know the HTML is an option, Just I, <laughs> I clicked on enough buttons in WordPress by accident to figure that out. Uh... So yeah, there, there's. It'll be interesting to see what happens to them, Dan, and for sure. Just like, what will they actually be doing? Will it actually be exciting? Will it actually be negative? Uh, we always have to find out. But uh, I, I think, just I guess, kind of put a bow on this topic. It, it's it's increasingly clear since COVID. I mean, again, just speculating. It feels like it's been increasingly clear since COVID. Companies are realizing, either with maybe just staff losses just general health all that stuff and has come across with COVID-19 that's very much impacted how they operate their businesses and some of these smaller companies realize they just can't survive without being bought up so I, I, being bought by other companies bigger companies and I guess this is just how it is unfortunately just gonna have to accept that this is just gonna be the standard um I don't know who else is I guess left as an independent what discotheque Mm-hmm. Maybe okay, discotheque. Um, Denpa. Denpa is another one, um, and who knows how long they're gonna, especially for Denpa. I don't see Ed selling out Denpa for anything less than a very good deal, frankly. It has to be a very good deal. It's just that Denpa, they 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 they're basically a really sh- they, they have need more people. Unfortunately, I, I think Denpa is like unless, three people, and they are yeah. like semi-owned by Faku to start with. So yeah, 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 yeah. That that counts too, right? I guess. Well, Fa- Faku is small and independent, so I'm yeah. I, I'm not counting that as in the same range as Kato Kawa. Yeah, same. So right, 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 right. You're right. You're right. But um, okay, so maybe not Denpa. Uh, but yeah, the and we still got the other like smaller stuff like Starfruit Books, Glacier Bay, but they're like uh, we know like they're very small. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're like a big, you're trying to make a bigger splash, I guess in the industry, uh, trying to get into more markets, you you can't basically survive on your own. That's kind of what I think we probably noticed this or maybe had this idea in mind for years. But you know, when you see something like this happening with kind of Anim being bought by Katakawa, it just keep, continues to reinforce that. Um, so yeah, that that kind of my final thoughts on the whole situation. I know they say that hindsight was 20, is twenty twenty, but none of us could have ever predicted the the global shakeup that was twenty twenty. Right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess the only thing we could say was we didn't really know how much it could impact it, but we can know well, that. I, I feel like everyone knew by that point. You know, the world is kind of global. We kind of need everything to stay. You know, similar to how it is to keep going. We just didn't realize how possible it was for everything to change without the world literally ending just metaphorically yeah. ending <laughs> right i got you i got you 
All right, so I'm even going to call this kind of like the weirdest news of the year. ANN <laughs> gets bought by Katakawa. We will make uh, 40 uh, But we can debate this, this in a this. couple of weeks when we, do, when we do our wrap-up. So let's move on to our dedicated weird news section, which has a glorious amount of weird news this time around. Yeah, and apparently Helen added some I didn't even know about, so I'll find out <laughs> as we do this, this part. So um, Twitter has been a hot mess the past week. Week and a half? I don't even few know weeks. how long it's been at this point. Few weeks. I'm just saying few weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, people took the maximum of... Um, well, basically, when Tumblr was bought, people started acting up a little bit because nobody liked it. And so people are continuing that drama onto Twitter. It's been a heck of a ride. And one thing that I think everyone has missed, except I saw an article about this on ANN, which caught my attention... Uh, the creator of Magical Girl's site, uh, that manga, uh, wants royalties from Elon Musk since Elon Musk was posting some pictures, you know, of, you know, some screenshots from there, you know, and saying, you know, you know, he's posting my drawings without permission, so I'd like a usage fee of one billion in dollars. Like, obviously, normally MangaKa are not going to be mad at you for posting, like, individual, like, little screen caps. Uh, I have had Tapas, um, like, smack me down for, like, taking, like, individual panel screenshots of comics and putting them online it's like come on guys this is how i advertise your stuff this is how i get more people reading these series but um you know it's this guy's prerogative i don't like elon musk you know if he wants to say you know you gotta license this stuff from me you gotta pay me one billion dollars go for it hey man i I ain't stopping this person just go do it (laughs) just we'll see what happens obviously musk will not see it see us at all but hey if it happens when Everything goes down, and Musk tries to get out of it. You, get, you still got one billion. It's pending. It's pending, man. All the lawsuits that are coming for this guy. Hey, go for it. Yeah, I was trying go to talk it. with somebody. I think it might even be my dad, and he's like, "Oh yes, I just said to him like, no, dad, you don't understand. Like the severance packages. I'm like, no, dad, you don't understand. He agreed to severance packages and fired people, you know, with cause. So they wouldn't get those severance packages. His ass is getting sued five ways from Monday on Monday. <laughs> I love that Monday on Monday. <laughs> Listen, I'm kind of tired. So I'm tripping over my words. I'm trying to make it work. No, no, though. but I seriously like it. Though. <laughs> I'm just, it's just, it somehow works. Well, All I mean, right, the courts so. aren't open on the weekends, so you gotta wait till Monday. To <laughs> um, so I think what a few weeks ago, the actual Sword Art Online year day happened. Like something, like Sword Art Online got so popular enough that even like when it actually like was in November. November 6th? Yeah, November 6th, 2022. Yeah, that is when the actual Sword Art Online VR project started in the anime. Obviously, we have not come close to that type of advancement in I mean, in we have life. gotten to the point where we've got, like, VR, and now you if you do it in Facebook Meta, you can have legs now. I have honestly not. And in some other spaces, the furries have figured out how to do, like, actual sign language, like, finger tracking and everything to the point where you can use sign language in there. Okay. Once again, the, the furries are ahead of all of us in terms of technological they're, advances. They're, they really are. I have no idea what Meta actually does, even at this point. I think I only like thirty people bothered. use it a day, so nobody knows. <laughs> but um, but yeah, there was uh, much um, Twitter jokes and memes and fun about that particular date. But then we got this one particular guy, Palmer, uh, Palmer Lucky, who I had totally forgotten existed for like a good while, and then until this happened where he unveiled a new project where he is developing a VR headset that can actually kill its wearer. Because, as you obviously know, the gimmick in Sword Art Online was you actually you go in the, the game, game you, die you die in the game, you die in real life. Yeah, nice bug. Yeah, I don't think that was supposed to be part of the uh, What do you mean? Game. That's not a bug, it's a feature. Oh, oh boy. 
but yeah, apparently now Paul Lucky is available in real life. Obviously, it's not something that will be ever be sold or actually happen. But you know what? It was supposed to be. It. it, it he created it. Uh, he wanted to get his uh, five minutes of fame or seconds just to return. I don't know. Um, but I did like the fact that I get to tie in the fact that Sword Online, I guess, was has been good enough to still be uh, notable even today. So good on Sword Online. Uh, I am amazed at the number of people I see talking about this, but um, uh, apparently Ash Ketchum has actually won a Pokemon he, series. He did it! After he tw- did it! I-, I definitely saw people joking on Twitter, guys, we finally found it. We found the 10-year-old with 25 years worth of experience. So, we found the personal the hiring managers are looking for. So many jokes about that. <laughs> so many. Uh, but no, hell, he finally became the very best that no one ever was. Yeah, no I, I mean, we're going to have to change that now from no one ever was. Um, but yeah, it's humorous because I think we talked about this um a couple I don't know a year a few years ago, where he had won the Aloha Championship. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like he's done this before. But no, this is the global. This is like the world stage where he actually like beat the final like challenger and he actually was the undisputed like world champion. Um, so th- this is very much the perseverance of somebody who was losing so often and so much and all these bigger championships that it was notable for that. But he persevered through all of that, and he finally won a championship at 10 years old. Man, how do other 10-year-olds stack up to that? <laughs> like I said, he's the 10-year-old with 25 years worth of experience. You know, now everybody's going to be, you know, like, well, if Ash Ketchum could do it. Just, just incredible. Um, but, yeah, I, I actually might, if whatever day it gets dubbed here, I might actually watch it. I'm gonna watch it. Be like, I have no idea how he's able to do it or when, but he they, he actually did it. Get the celebration from all the other uh, characters he's known across the whole Pokemon uh, series. So that was great. Um. So let's see. Ichikawa Prefectural Police revealed on Wednesday that they arrested a 50-year-old male resident of Tomo- uh, Tokyo's Sumina Ward for allegedly selling a bootleg copy of the 1984 issue 51 of Shueisha's Weekly Shonen magazine. The debut issue of Akira Toyama's Dragon Ball Manga. Whoops. So, tried to sell it for uh, 180, uh, 180 yen? 180 yen? And supposedly the suspect stated after his arrest that he sold the copy with the knowledge that it was genuine. Whoops. Police said no. Too bad. Send send it back. Uh, let's see. So so I just spent some time to try to figure out if Kadokawa was involved in this. But apparently Koto Shinkai's newest film is going to ha- collaborate with a whopping 47 companies, quoting the headline there. And it is 47 because there are 47 prefectures in Japan and they're going to be collaborating with um, a company in each prefecture. So, yeah, that, that's pretty big. It sounds pretty big. And so, in something that Justin is labeled as absolutely not here, um, Sugoi Mark asks, ever wonder what bleach tastes like? I have to admit, my answer was also no, but apparently they have this limited time, I think it's an energy drink? Um, it's uh, Bleach X Coca-Cola Zero Soul Blast Cola, on sale for $10 a can, which is a lot, and just... Yeah, I, I'm not drinking anything with the word bleach on there. Like, I don't care yeah. if, that's the name of the, if that's the name of the series. I'm not drinking anything with bleach on there. You have, you have to literally pay me 
at least ten thousand dollars. Maybe maybe just extra, just in case I like have damage in case I incur like health health issues after drinking the bleach. Just just no, just can't, you just can't do that to me. Meanwhile, here is a possible energy drink I would want to drink. Uh, the G Fuel founder um, basically have a collaboration with Dragon Ball series, so you can come and help me high with a come high energy drink. So uh, I guess maybe the G Fuel founder is a big. Uh, DBZ fan, or maybe it's just a nerd. Go to the Twitter, see a bunch of nerd stuff. Okay, Twitter account that the CEO's a nerd. There you go. Um, I, I, I kind of like the comment without having to travel. Oh, this is from the CEO of G Fuel founder without having to travel the globe to like seven Dragon Balls. My wish came true and getting to collaborate with an amazing franchise like Dragon Ball Z. Yes, now go drink G Fuel. Kame, I'm not saying the whole thing. So, um Apparently, the Chainsaw Man mangaka had a Twitter account where he was role-playing as his non-existent little sister, um, and people could tell that it was a joke, you know, but I believe what happened is that he tried to, you know, change the age in the Twitter account to, like, his hypothetical little sister's actual age, which is too young for Twitter, and got locked out of the account, and just come on. Come on, man. Plenty of people have done this before where people are like, oh, yeah, our brand's eight years old now. Let me adjust this on, tw on Twitter. Oh, no, we're locked out of the Crunchyroll account. <laughs> so he has now had to get a new account and has been hosting <laughs> like early concept sketches of Chainsaw Man to prove that it's him and saying, yes, I really am so-and-so with the editor going, yes, this really is the Chainsaw Man creator. And people are likening this to um, a scene in apparently Chainsaw Man where Denji is trying to convince people that he is Chainsaw yes. Man and people are not believing him. It's like really author in real life is actually the character. Yeah. I've, I've not read Chainsaw Man, but even not reading, having not read it, this is just hilarious. So um, uh, Fujitaka, I, I think that's his name. He, Fujimoto. Fujimoto. He is um, fighting the Twitter devil and I don't know if he's winning or losing right now. <laughs> He, he is. I'm not sure if anybody ever beats the Twitter devil, frankly. <laughs> and especially now, it's going to be even more difficult to do that. <laughs> I can't believe we had a Twitter-related story that actually was not related to Elon Musk, but this is one of the funniest <laughs> I've seen all week. Yeah, and it, the, there was even like more stories about like um, I, I may want to try to find that Twitter uh, that just said it that there was an interview where um, the editor was talking about where he was searching up like he was trying to search information for Fire Punch. And then um, he knew that there was an account that was saying something about her older brother like starting a series, and he was concerned. He was like, wait a minute, Tatsuki Fujimoto is the only child. <laughs> Maybe I should probably sue this account for infringement or something like that. And Fujimoto was like, wait a minute, I don't think I want to get sued for myself. No, wait, that's me, it's me. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. I, maybe I should tell my editor about this. <laughs> I, I do think this is even funnier than the Hunter Hunter mangaka creating a Twitter account and it being just like well, the, the random free garbled, you know, you really, handle and everyone having to be like, no, this really is him. <laughs> you can't really compare it though, because it wasn't like the that was trying to be funny or anything like that. Was, well, there or, even or, or well, <laughs> well, my comparison was that even then, other people are having to be like, yeah, no, this one's actually legit, guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, oh yes, uh, but yeah, but this by far is just just hilarious like there's just so many so many layers to this that's just like will fujimoto ever get his account back will he, how many more how many more concept sketches can he post before it actually happens uh the, the humor is just off the charts remember kids if you ever decide to role play as your non-existent little sister on twitter make sure that she is at least 13 and legally allowed to use twitter uh oh and i think it was also trying to post some of the anime from crunchyroll 2 um from chainsaw man 2 and yeah that wasn't gonna fly either <laughs> taking yourself copyright strike 
uh, I, I had to put this in here because you know what? I, I am a comic bigger. I like sports, and we didn't really have like an ice hockey anime at least ever, or maybe if it was, maybe like a smaller segment. Or yeah, we've had some manga, but not anime. And, and even then, that wasn't. It's not like it was so many. Like it's not like a lot of ice hockey manga. That yeah, exists. I can think of like two, but that's it. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that it was getting pre or a, uh, even as an anime, I was like, it's probably gonna suck. I'm pretty sure I could buy someone drumming out of it. So it's it's totally fine, right? And the anime sucked. <laughs> um, and the ending was just like, yeah, go play the, the mobile game. Oh, guess what? The mobile game's going to shut down. Um, so yeah, I think it ended service, or it's going to end service either this month alongside the other... Uh, there was another show that ended service. Let's see. Okay, it's going to end November 30th. Or... Is it November 30th? Yeah, November 30th. Um... The smell, this was also included, but I didn't really care about it. The smell of the Ars Notoria uh, is also going to end its game service on March 31st. And, yeah, I totally didn't even realize I had a game. Sorry. But, yeah, sad sad news for Pururare. Sad news. And then, finally, no one's quite sure why, but Drake just decided to post a whole lot of hentai on Instagram. Uh, just posted a whole bunch of anime porn on his main account. The account with 124 million followers. Um, it seemed to be part of his marketing push for his new album, Her Loss. But why? Um, he also, also to promote Her Loss, um, the new record, Drake and 21 Savage had been on a wild whirlwind marketing blitz complete with fake promo for a non-existent NPR Tiny Desk concert and a completely fabricated Vogue cover. And uh, there's also also under fire for lyrics that seem to be rela- involving Megan Thee Stallion, you know, actual real anime fan. I don't, I don't know about Drake. I don't know if he's a fake anime fan or what, but we know Megan Thee Stallion is definitely an anime fan. But, um... I guess we can guess he's a... There, there's some censored screenshots of what he posted, so I guess we can say that Drake is a boob guy. I actually haven't looked at it, so I have no idea if it's a boob or, or, or butt guy. Don't don't know. It, it definitely looks like more boobs than butts, frankly. Okay. Um, I guess he doesn't have a personal account where you just, you know... Or a private... Uh, a burner account where you can actually share this without actually... Uh, his, so you said how, how many followers he has? 124? He has 124 million followers. Don't subject your 124 million followers to this. You can't do that. Who They're knows how many of them are underage? <laughs> exactly that, too. They're also who may. Also, like a fake promo for a non existent NPR Tiny Desk concert. It's like, why are you faking that you've got a content? You've got a concert video with public radio. Like, the NPR Tiny Desk is cool. But it's like, why would you even fake that? Uh, rich people are weird. I know, I know. Just gonna go with that. And I think that would be a great end to the weird news <laughs> and this episode in general. Weird people, so, rich people are weird and in the strange kind of way. Not in the ha-ha funny way, but in the what is wrong with you way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can follow the Oshi Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify. You can add us to any artist service you got. And you can subscribe by email. You can check out the Oshi Twitter for any news, reviews, features, and definitely going to want to check out the Twitter account for this weekend where uh, we will be stopping by Anime New York City 
And I will be attempting to tweet literally all the manga news and light level news. And all right, how good's a cell phone service in the maybe jar, in anime the news? Horrible. Okay, that's what I expected. You know, it is a convention center. Um, maybe they'll have it better this time, but and then it also depends on where you're actually at in the building. Oh yeah. So you sense. may be at a plate where it actually works, and then you'll be at a part where it's just like, oh my god. Oh my god! Yeah, at Otakon, it's always kind of hit and miss when you're in like the artist alley and the dealer's hall, since those are in a literal basement. <laughs> yeah, and I'm curious how this new lottery system is going to work. You'll yeah, be able to so tell we me because you're to... actually you know you'll be you'll be telling me how it works because I don't have to worry about any of that. Yeah. Not just because I'm pressed, because um, some of the things they they picked. I wasn't interested in going to anyways. <laughs> so. Yeah, the only lottery thing I entered in for was the reincarnated as a slime special events. We'll see if I get into that. I was really surprised that the concert by the voice actress from of Bell was not ticketed, but we'll see if I can line up in line against that because I feel like that one should have been a lottery. That's going to be popular. Yeah, I guess we'll find we'll find we'll, we'll make a, a note of what um when when we do their a list of complaints, we'll know if that was a good idea or a bad idea. So, <laughs> uh, what panels they chose to, to have lotteries for? Mm-hmm. What was that one of them? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kami underscore Nomi. Um, I've slowed down the three hours as far as stuff because work's been busy and life in general is busy. But I will get back to it one day, Helen, once I also, you know, get all the bookmarked art downloaded to my laptop and, <laughs> you know, just have it there and I can just admire it from a... I can admire it on my laptop, you know, one day. Even if Twitter goes down, you'll still be able to admire it? Yes! Even in one... And I, yes, especially the recent ones. I gotta get that, get that done before it, it, especially Twitter ends up going kaput. Yeah, just make sure to save it with pro- proper attribution and you're golden. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, let's see, you can find me on Twitter, at Wandering Dreamer. I am setting up stuff like co-host just in case Twitter goes down, but I'm not leaving Twitter until it actually goes down. Like, guys, I was on LiveJournal until, like, the Russian government DDoS did for three weeks straight. I was on Tumblr until it got bought out by Yahoo and then some after it. Like, it's going to take more than just one whiny man-child to get me off Twitter. Uh, but uh, you can find me there. Uh, Mongering Years is still alive. We've had a bit of a hiccup since... Everyone has busy November, so we were trying to schedule around that for our next episode. And then Corey went and got COVID, and we weren't going to have him recording during COVID, you know? So, uh, probably no new episodes till December. We might have to record two episodes at once, which is going to leave me very punch-silly for our best honk of the year thing. Because if you get me talking for two hours straight with no breaks, I just lose all inhibitions. You know, just too much thinking. Cannot think anymore. But I guess that's going to make it more fun for people to listen to. (laughs) All right, folks. Until next time, then. See ya. See everybody later.